Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Gravity Leadership is a community of people seeking to live our lives in the orienting center of God's love in the midst of our post-Christian world, learning to lead like Jesus, live on mission, and make disciples. In nature, gravity is the phenomenon that brings stuff together, objects as small as atoms and quarks, and as large as stars and galaxies. We believe the gravity of the Christian life is the love of God revealed in Jesus Christ. The Gravity Leadership Podcast is curated conversations on what it looks like to practically orient our lives and our leadership in the love of Christ, the gravity that holds everything together. This is the Gravity Leadership Podcast. Welcome. If you're listening in the shower, the bathroom, the garage, where do you listen? Ben, where do you listen to podcasts? Uh, in my car, usually. As you're yeah. dri- like driving or just getting some alone time from your kids? <laughs> right. I just sit in the garage, right, <laughs> in my car. No, uh, no, while, while I'm driving, usually, is when I listen to podcasts. Such, yeah. such a transportable medium. Yeah. It's really, it's really helpful. I listen to podcasts when I work out. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do that, too. Okay. Yeah, yeah. All right. Forgot about that. Yeah, so wherever you're listening, uh, welcome. We're glad that we could be in your ear holes today. Um, joined by my co-host Ben Sturkey and yep. our friend Aaron Nequist. Aaron, welcome to the podcast. Hello, good to be part of this. Yeah, man, it's great to have you. Uh, how about this? Instead of me uh, introducing you, uh, I know you're into all kinds of um, multi-level marketing schemes and uh, investment <laughs> opportunities. Uh, <laughs> um, no, I, why don't you give a give a give a, introduce yourself to our audience? Um, like, who are you, and and like, where are you? I know you just moved, so give us an introduction uh, to yourself. Yeah, I mean, we could start from this week. Um, literally seven days ago, my twelve-year-old and I jumped in a moving truck and drove from Chicago to New York City, and then my wife and our seven-year-old and our 
brand new puppy, which was mm. not a very good decision, <laughs> uh, jumped on a flight and they mm. flew here and we just moved to Manhattan. We're living in the Chelsea area. We're part of General Theological Seminary. Mm. And in January, both my wife and I are jumping in uh, to get our master's. Oh. So it's like a total wow. life upheaval. And we are deliriously excited. Yeah. Wow. You're finally going to yeah. like make something of yourself, going to get your master's degree. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. It'll be Could the key. Could have been somebody. Yeah. yeah. No, how did you come but to, you know what? how'd you come to figure, I mean, like, yeah. you know, you, you got kids, you got a dog, you know, how did yeah. you, how, we, how'd you get we here? We do have a dog. Mm. Um, by the way, the dog didn't sleep last night. Oh yeah. So I'm on about 90 minutes of sleep. <laughs> <laughs> Dude. So if this podcast gets a little loopy, uh, we'll know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. No, I, I mean, the, the short answer to why seminary now is I feel like the last five years has been so much output, um, both starting the practice and launching that thing and then writing this book and like getting all this out there. And yeah. like, someone asked, are you going to write a second book? And I was like, I have nothing to say. I don't know anything else <laughs> other than what I've in that one said. book. Yeah, it's all, I, it's all in there. <laughs> yeah. So, um, just quite frankly, we're excited to learn. Yeah, I want to read books that I never would have picked up. I want to mm. take courses in things that I didn't even know existed. You know, it's just one of those seasons. Yeah, so, great. Well, yeah. you mentioned your book and you mentioned the practice. Um, the the book you just uh, put out is called The Eternal Current. And it's about uh, reappropriating a practice-based uh, faith and and worship. And so, will you tell us a bit about in chapter one? I'm, I'm telling you, like half of our guests, and mm-hmm. you and I can't go a podcast without mentioning Dallas Willard. But I was struck <laughs> oh, by yeah. can't go a day without. Mentioning. I mean, I think yeah. the Divine Conspiracy changed the world. Like, I everybody I talk to that That's I respect not an exaggeration and love. I know. They're like, I read The Divine Conspiracy, yep. and my life changed forever. Yeah. Yep. Um, can, you des- can you describe, you don't have to uh, pimp Dallas Willard, we'd like to do that here, but can you just describe, <laughs> can you describe what that pivot, that shift was for you that led you to start something as like, audaciously daring as the practice? Yeah. Well, thanks for asking. And you're right, like Brian Zond, yeah. same yeah. story with Dallas. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what a lot of people don't know is Rob Bell started Mars Hill in a living room reading chapter by chapter with like 12 people, Divine Conspiracy. <laughs> really? Like that's <laughs> where the whole thing began. Yeah. What a legacy. So, I mean, this anyway. book is just... Um, so, anyways, yeah, I mean, I said it in, in chapter one, but uh, like the whole idea is... Um, when I was just out of college, I was a worship leader at church. And while a professional Christian, yeah. like I should have been mm-hmm. like all Christian-y, mm-hmm. my faith fell apart and it cr- kind of crumbled. And what I realized is it, it wasn't my faith. It was the understanding of faith that saw it as just kind of the substitutionary atonement thing, right? Yeah, like right. being a Christian is believe a couple things correctly, say a prayer, and then don't do bad stuff until heaven. And <laughs> yes. that had internalized in me. Yeah. And by the time I was 23 or 24, it just, it ended. Mm. And I really thought like, this is my profession, but I might be done with this whole thing. Wow. And it was reading chapter, is it chapter two or chapter three, the gospels of sin management, yep. where I heard about the kingdom yeah. for the first time. Like I'm a Chris, I was a Christian 20 something years. You were getting, you were getting paid to be a Christian. Yeah. I was getting paid to be a Christian (laughs) and I had never heard um, one message on the kingdom of God. The thing that Jesus 
talked the most about. Okay. Um, it was just bonkers. But so it was just, you know, and obviously this is what you guys talk about. Like we get to join what God is doing yes. to redeem and restore all things. Yes. And I'm like, if that's the story, I'm in. Yeah. Right. So yeah. tell me, tell me, uh, I, so I grew up Roman Catholic. I was just getting through oh, yeah. the 57 minute. When I grew up, it was just like, we got to do this thing on Sundays. And um, I really wasn't entering right. into the liturgy. You know, at the time I thought the liturgy is dead. Now I realize I was yeah, dead, sure. <laughs> right? Sure. Um, right, right. So right. I don't have, Ben, you have this story. Like you mm-hmm. grew up in sort of the evangelical subculture of yep. North America. Mm-hmm. How did we get to a place, Aaron, where we can have a ro- like a really well-argued, thought-out faith that excludes the kingdom? Uh, uh, no, I know. How do we get there? And it's, it's bonkers. And I think it's just... Um, you know, <laughs> whoever has the microphone, um, whatever part of the story was life-changing to them becomes the whole story. Uh. And so I think a lot of evangelists got the microphone and the sliver of the story that, that is true and beautiful. Um, thank God for what God did on the cross through Christ. I mean, that, right. you know, but that became the only way to tell the story, which mm. then obviously just became a really bad story. Yeah. Um, or yeah. just a really small story, too thin. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe uh, tell me if this is a, a way to say it. Like the cross is the center of the story, but it, it clips the story. So it went from being like the, yeah. the place we read the story through, the story comes uh, to and from, and it, and it just becomes, yeah. it, it gets reduced as the entire thing. Right. Right. It's like the, conversion is we're being converted to something mm. which is participation with God for what God is doing to redeem and restore the world. Mm. We're not just converted just to not, you know, so anyways, so yeah, yeah. it's Stop. a means to an end. I hope that's not too uh, pragmatic, but no, no, no. Yeah. 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 That it's, <clears throat> it's not just uh I, part, part of the story that was a uh, part of the divine conspiracy and part of this kingdom story that was compelling for me was that it's not just about heaven when I die. Like Jesus didn't just yeah, come to like right. fulfill some mechanics that needed to that's happen right. so that I could go to heaven when I die, but that actually, right. you know, heaven starts today, uh, that eternal right. life starts now. Uh, and then of course it continues, Absolutely. but like there's so much more to it than just this, you know, reward somewhere out there. It felt like an insurance policy. Like a transactional... Yeah. Right. Like, I, I pay my dues. I, you know, I, I figured out the mechanics to have this insurance policy, and now, just in case the worst happens, yeah. <laughs> I'm taken care of. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Well, and so then it just raises the, the obvious question of, okay, great. Now, what do I do? Yes. You know, because right. I, I... So th- that was the season where then I got to Mars Hill and joined with that community, and every Sunday, Rob was preaching about the kingdom. I mean, it was just relentless and it was beautiful Hmm. and it was gorgeous and it was compelling. Except when I went home, it was so beautiful, but it had very few handles. Hmm. And so I would go home and and my question was, wow, I wonder what Rob's going to say next week. Yeah. Yeah. Let me, let me think. Let me me see if I got you. Like your mind, your mind was blown, but your life wasn't stimulated in any meaningful way. Yes. And I'd say even more than my mind, my heart was expanded yep, yep. toward the world, toward mm-hmm. my neighbor, toward myself. Like 
my brain was, we were reading all these books. That's the first time someone gave me a Richard Rohr book. So oh I read boy. Everything Belongs in that yeah. season. Mm -hmm. And it was just all these things were happening, but I literally didn't know what to do with it. Yeah. And so at a certain point, yeah. maybe a maybe two or three years in, the first two years were utterly life-changing. Mm -hmm. And then about two, two and a half years in, I was kind of like, okay, I, I have these new frameworks, but I don't know what to do. And so that's yeah. where the, the movement into what are the practices? What, how do I participate mm -hmm. with this invitation? Not just believe in a new version of the invitation. Ooh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And that and that's I mean that's the subtitle of the book, right? And then obviously the practice is what you ended up calling the worship service. Uh the yeah. community that you that you created there. Um yeah. Yeah. So the practice was born out of answering a deep question, personal question of if if the kingdom gospel is true and and there yeah. is a deeper wider story then, then how do we become the kinds of people who can consistently live in congruence yeah. and alignment with it? It's, yeah. it's exactly right. I, I had come to believe that the good news was not just believe propositions, but yeah. it was an invitation to participate. Yes. Yeah. So that huge shift happened. Right. Now I needed someone to teach me what it looked like to participate. Right. Yes. And right. obviously that's, that's what Christ is doing. That's the way of Jesus. That's mm -hmm. Matthew 5, 6, 7. I mean, that's, yeah. that's what Jesus is doing, but we can't do it alone. We can't, even with the Bible, we can't do it alone. We need a group of fellow disciples, journeyers, practicers. Yeah. Yeah. You're naming a, like a complete paradigm shift here, Aaron, that, that we have gone through. And, and this is why we started Gravity is we, we tell people, we train people in the paradigms, postures, and practices of Jesus. Yeah. But what we find, oh, wow. yeah, the paradigms, yeah. like how did Jesus see the world, yep. Yep. right? Postures, how yep. did Jesus inhabit the world? And then practices, you know, what does grace and truth live like, right? Mm -hmm. What, what is it's so good? Yeah. Yep. What, yeah. Yep. What does the embodiment of the yep. kingdom actually mm -hmm. live like? Yeah. Yep. But what we notice yep. and you, uh, it's, you didn't get stuck here. And I, I wonder if you could reflect on why, like oftentimes people will read a book by an Alan Hirsch or a Dallas Willard or a Rob Bell, and they'll hear the word missional yep. and they'll hear the word kingdom and they'll hear the word participate. Right. And, and, uh, or practice. And what happens is they have this new wine that they're drinking and it's like, yes. you know, but then yes. they, but then they put yep. it in old wineskins. Yeah. Right. Yep. So they, they either just, uh, rebrand what they're already doing as something new. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, yep. Right. Or, or, or they, um, uh, they just despair and sort of just like quit. Like they just quit yep. it. Mm -hmm. Yep. But it no, sounds that's really true. It sounds like you had the intuition. I need to create new wineskins. For this new wine, yeah. Um, can you yeah. talk us through like how did? What's the journey from uh, watching Rob bounce on a trampoline to starting the practice <laughs> in Chicago? Were you there that Sunday? <laughs> no, but uh, no, okay. but uh, I did listen to. I remember mowing the grass, listening to that sermon on my ear, yeah. earbuds. Uh, my, yeah, I remember. Yeah. Is, that a, is that a thing he really did? Oh, yeah. That's you, funny. You know he did. Yeah. Oh, I mean, oh it, yeah, yeah. It doesn't yeah, surprise yeah. me. <laughs> like, it <was> and <laughs> it was in terms of of performance art and, yeah, right. and even deep spiritual truth. I'm it sure. was. I mean, we're talking about it now, ten years later, right? Yeah, yeah. Here we are. Um. So, but it 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 expanded your mind and heart, but it did not invite any of the rest of us onto the trampoline. 
you know? Mm. And so um, it had such an important role. People mm -hmm. like Rob have such an important role. Um, as long as there's also pastors who are translating and inviting and training. You yeah. Know? And good. you, um, you, in, you intuited that. And so then instead of, instead of like looking for yeah. a guru or, you know, you decided to sort of craft this, architect this. Tell us about, tell us about that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we basically, um, after being at Mars Hill, I moved back to Chicago, which is where we grew up. And I joined the Willow Creek church and I was a worship leader there on the, for the weekends, every other weekend. Mm -hmm. And so in my great, uh, naivete, I said, well, I'm going to bring all this stuff to the worship, worship on the weekends at Willow. And you don't have to be a, uh, a profit to realize that that's not going to work. <laughs> and so um, I think so much of what, what I did came out of, you know, doing it wrong mm. and then realizing for me, there's no turning back. Mm. Like um, once, once this other way has fallen apart, um, there's no turning back. Yeah. So, um, I'm actually in there. David, I'm so sorry for being in your space. Okay. All right. Oh, yeah. Okay. Sorry. Um, because we don't have any space. I'm in, in a week. friend's co-working space. Oh, so, yeah. Yeah, so, yeah thank, one week. Thanks, we David. One week. Thanks, David. Appreciate, <laughs> so, yeah. appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, right. So, um, but yeah, it was like, it was deeply, deeply personal. Um, mm. I said to some of my friends when we were starting the practice, I'm not sure how to stay a Christian. Yeah. And mm. I've never been, I've still, this is such a cliche, but I really mean it. I've never been more compelled by Christ. Yeah. Like blessed are the poor in spirit. Blessed are the peacemakers. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed. Like, yes, that is the path. If ever our world needed the way of Jesus, it's right now. Yeah. Um, but I didn't have any containers to live, live that out. And I'm not saying there weren't any, I'm sure this is happening all over the place. Sure. I just wasn't in one. Yeah. And so actually our senior, our senior pastor, Bill Hybels, I give him a lot of credit. He pulled me aside after about two years and he goes, Aaron, we're never going to do the stuff that you want us to do on the weekends. Breast tax. He said, that's just not what our weekends are for. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I really appreciated that. Yeah. But then he turned and he said, but we know people need it. We know people need it. He said, and I love this from Bill Hybels, like the, the, the seeker guy, mm -hmm. he said, we know we're not doing enough for people who are Christ centered and trying to go deeper. Mm. And so he said, would you guys consider creating something on Sunday nights to explore this? Yeah. And I don't think he, he, he totally knew what he was launching, but <laughs> I give him a ton of credit for just yeah. launching us. Yeah. And then they gave us a lot of freedom. And yeah. basically what we said is we want to be a community that doesn't just believe things about Jesus, mm -hmm. but is learning how to rearrange our lives in order to put his words into practice. Mm. Yeah. That was the whole thing. So every week, what are we doing? We're learning how to rearrange our lives to put Jesus words, not just into our brains, mm -hmm. into our hands, into our hearts, into our families, into practice. Yes. That resonates with us. Yeah. Right. So we, yeah, we're, we're Anglican priests. Uh, mm -hmm. Reverends, rectors, vicars, right? <laughs> yep, all those things. Co yeah, co-vicars. Co yeah, all of the above. Yes. All the above. All those and, things. Uh, one of the reasons we were drawn. One of the reasons we were drawn to the Anglican spirituality <laughs> is this robust sense that worship is not an open mic, right? So, wow. so, so, yeah. so, worship to God mm -hmm. isn't about self-expression. 
and the more authentically yeah. I feel something or express something, the better my worship is. Yeah. But but right. worship is yeah. like, um, or at least not only about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, yeah. I think that's the yeah. dominant expressivistic sort of yeah. world oh, we live in, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yep. And yep. so as I read the yep. uh, Eternal Current, like I, um, you you articulate so well this this need to be formed and shaped, like worship is a language. I think you quote uh, John Whitlet uh, from Calvin yes. College about how babies yep. make these grunts and mm-hmm. noises, yep. right? And we even taught yep. our kids a little sign language, like please and oh, more, yeah. you know, and uh, thank you. Yep. Uh, but eventually they have to learn the language. They don't stay with grunts, right? right. And, yeah. and, and so like you see, to talk a little bit about how you see worship, like the gathering on a Sunday evening or morning as not just, yeah. as not just expression, but as formation. Yes. Well, to to finish that analogy of John's, um, he was talking about at first we help kids express. So I'm hungry. I'm scared. Yeah. What do you want? Say what you said. Yes. But at a certain point, we have to teach them words they would never choose to say. But as they say those words, it forms them into the kinds of adults we know they need to become. So that's mm. the, that's why we teach them please, yeah. not because they want to say that. No kid wants to say please, no. you know. Right. But as we say please, we become people who are more gracious. As we say I'm sorry, we become mm-hmm. people. So it's those practices, and the, that mm. are not just express but form. Yeah. And you know, I was actually I was sharing this with my wife a while ago. She was uh, saying, "Why are you into all these ancient practices? And why aren't, why aren't we just doing music anymore? And all these things?" And I was trying to explain it, you know, Kramner and you know all, all this stuff. <laughs> and basically, she didn't care. Well, you see, honey. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, total mansplaining. Right. You know. Theologians um, playing to you. And what was mm-hmm. wonderful mm-hmm. is she was like, "Oh." And in one perfect sentence, she said what I couldn't say in 10 minutes. She said, mm-hmm. so basically, you want to serve a well-balanced meal every Sunday. Mm-hmm. And I remember just thinking, like I, at that point, I'd been a worship leader probably 15, 16 years. Mm-hmm. I had been serving the same meal every Sunday, mm-hmm. wondering why my community wasn't getting healthier. Mm. Yeah. And it was a good meal. Like it was like sure. four pop songs and a hymn. Like mm-hmm. it was, sure. you know, it was yeah. uh exciting, it was true, it mm-hmm. was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Psalms are full of expressive yeah. um upward worship. That yeah. is beautiful. Yeah. But we never lamented. Mm-hmm. And we never paused to listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we never engaged the scripture other than three or four words or one verse, you know, there was all these food groups, if you will, spiritual formative food groups that we never even touched. And that was, it just got me spinning. And so we said at the practice, you can't do everything every Sunday, but we said in uh, over the course of one month, are we serving and feasting on each kind of group, spiritual food group. I know the the analogy breaks down to a certain point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you mentioned like silence and like the public reading of scripture and lament. What are are some other, what are some other sort of meals? What are some other food groups that that you introduced at the practice? One of the pillars, and as Anglicans, you're like, yeah, no kidding. But we started doing a confession and uh, an assurance. Mm -hmm. Well, in evangelical circles, 
that was just so novel. Like, why would I confess my sin? Hasn't Jesus already forgiven? Yeah, you know, right. and, but we, we, we kept looking at all these different traditions mm -hmm. and that was one of the most overlapping practices we saw in all the different liturgies. Yeah. And so we just kind of submitted to it. Yeah. And as you know, week after week, as you name the reality that you, you and God both know to be true, mm -hmm. but then as you receive the reality, for as yes. far as the East is from the West. And so that became very central. Yeah. Um, <laughs> prayers of the people. Again, yeah. uh, in evangelical circles, we, we talk a lot about the world and we really do care, yeah. but we would very rarely pause and name specific things going on in our world. Yeah. Yeah. And um, so, I mean, honestly, I, as Anglicans, you'll probably appreciate this. So much of what we do is based off the Anglican liturgy. Mm -hmm. um, all yeah. from the book of common prayer. I mean, our Eucharistic liturgy is basically the Anglican Eucharistic liturgy. Yeah. And of course, because we're evangelicals in our toes, we messed with it, you know, because we think everything needs <laughs> sure. to be original, but it's, it's yeah. your framework yeah. it, and yeah. it's been, it's been transformational. Yeah. 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 Um, so a friend of ours, uh, David Fitch, uh, he, yeah. He uh, messed me up when I was in seminary. Um, okay, we, we were doing um, we were doing what was it? Adult baptisms at our church, just like ten years ago. And um, he he was telling the people who are coming to baptism, you have to uh, memorize the Nicene Creed. You need to give us. Uh, we're going to read you like a catechism, and you're going to answer these questions. And you need to you need to be able to submit to the Lord's Prayer. And I was like, what wow. do you, you mean? You mean like memorize it? He's like, no, submit to it. I, I mean, I, I was like, well, so you mean you like recite it? He's like, no, I mean, submit to it. And, submit uh, to it. Wow. I, I was, I was 32, uh, getting my master's of divinity, and I had no idea what it meant to submit to a written prayer of words I didn't choose. Mm. Yeah. And it struck me, like I had these, I had these realizations, these Kairos moments, Aaron, and I wonder if you can relate to this, like... I mean, you, you led worship from a stage uh, 15 years. You put words on the screen. Uh, I, yeah. Nobody complains that they have to sing those no. words. No, no one feels yep. stifled or it's dead because yep. they don't get to choose That's the right. words they sing. But as soon as you put That's a right. prayer on the screen and tell people to speak yep. words, they lose their biscuit. Yep. What, yep. What's uh, so like? I, you know what it's I mean? True. They lose their biscuit. Yeah. They're like, I'm not going to yeah. pray these words. They're not from the heart. I'm like, well, you just sang these words. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. we, so like, have it's you experienced so that? Oh, big time. And you know what I think, and I hate to admit this, I think <laughs> so much of it is, at least in my context in Chicago, is a lot of the evangelical church was built on scape, nah, scapegoating too strong, on an anti-Catholic yep. bias. Yep. Yeah, kind of a reaction against so, sort of an, uh, Correct. We're not that. That's dead religion. Yes. Mm -hmm. yeah. And so, you know, it's it's easier to, to rally a group when you have a common enemy. And sure. there are many enemies, but one was dead religion. Mm -hmm. And what do they do? They read prayers that somebody else wrote. You know, yeah. we're going to pray from our heart. And I think that was stirred up yes. and um, in a really, really unhelpful way. When I started doing traditionally Catholic practices at Willow Creek on the weekend... <laughs> 
<laughs> oh my gosh, you mm. should. We did Kyrie Eleison one time. Mm. And it, frankly, I shouldn't have done it in a minor key. Like I should have been a little <laughs> smarter. Um, but it was fascinating because we had the, it was like, uh, the room was split in thirds. The first third afterwards came up and were like, oh, that was cool. Did you write that? You know, mm-hmm. and I wanted to say, yeah, yeah, I wrote that. But yeah, yeah. it was just new. I invented a language and, called oh, Latin. Yeah, and <laughs> Yeah, right, 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 right. And then the second third of people walked up with steam coming out of their ears. Oh, yeah. And they said, they, they said versions of the same thing. God saved me out of the Catholic church. Don't you dare bring that back in here. Yeah. And my heart broke. I wanted to say, God, God has saved you. But do you realize how much of your roots yeah. got you ready for that and, and how much of it is still good and mm. beautiful, But which is why the third group was so meaningful. Mm. They would come up and they would always had tears in their eyes mm. and they would say, thank you for helping remind me that my past wasn't all bad. Wow. Yeah. And I just thought that was really beautiful. Yeah. But, so, th- so this is, I think, deeply appealing to people sort of in their bones. I think, I think there's a yeah. fatigue uh, Aaron, I think you, I think you probably experienced this too. There's a fatigue of being reactionary and against, mm. and and yeah. you mentioned in your book yep. about like including but transcending things. Yeah, right. Yeah. Can you speak a bit? Because yeah. that's what you're talking about here. Can you speak a bit about totally. about how that's different than maybe us versus them or this, not that? What yeah. it means to include but transcend. Absolutely. Um, the whole idea of include and transcend, and this is obviously not my idea. This is uh, Ken Wilber, Richard Rohr does a lot on this. I mean, this yeah. is the whole idea is like if you look at it linearly, linearly, linearly um, <laughs> moving from step one. Yeah, <laughs> I only slept ninety minutes. Left. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> I can't. In a straight think. line. In a straight line. Yeah, from yeah. a straight line. If you're moving from step one to step two to step three, yes, and you want to move to the next step, step four. Yeah, the easiest thing to do is demonize step three. Right. Like we need to get away from this. We are a bunch of idiots and fools and Uh they've always been wrong. Like we always hate the last step we were at, Hmm. but including transcend reminds us that step three was the only way to get to step four. Thank God for step three. It's not Mm -hmm. enough, Mm -hmm. but it's really good. Yeah. At least in part. And so including transcend says, all right, we want to be step one plus a little bigger version that's step two plus one, mm-hmm. then plus one plus two plus three. Then, yeah. And now obviously there are toxic parts that need to be rejected, that need to be let go. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't yeah. include everything, yeah. Yeah. but the incredible loss of having to just start over from a blank slate every time you want to make any change. Yeah. Um, just the hubris of it, right? Yeah. Sure. Like yeah. I'm just going to invent everything from the ground up. Right. Of course not. Right. And <laughs> So we get to learn from where we've yeah. been, but we don't have to get stuck there. Yeah, that's a good. Uh, I think it's a good way of thinking about, you know, thinking about our own journeys. Is is if I have an inability, it's a baby in bathwater thing, right? Where like the yeah. people who obviously came out of the the Catholic bathwater, you know, were they couldn't receive the baby, you know, that was part of that in yeah. in the, the the last third of the people that you were talking about. Um. But I think that's been like that's been important in my life as I'm I'm reflecting on what you're saying and like in my life when I'm able to like it's a sign to me if I if I only think of some you know past experience like as like that was awesome or that was terrible 
You know, it's a sign to me that there's right. not enough, like, there's still formation yep. that God is doing in me to help me redeem that's my right. memories of the of the past that's and right. help me yep. help me take, basically, that's the work, right? That's the work of, like, I have transcended it, but now I'm doing the work of including it and saying, how is yes. this helpful for me? How yes. is this shaping for me? How is this formative? How can I find a way to look back on this and say, you know what? Like, God was there. God was in that. God was helping yeah. me at that yeah. time. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. yeah, and I think a lot good. of our listeners need that too. I mean, I, I yeah. Aaron, I think your your journey's shared by a lot of people, which is there's this gnawing suspicion that this is insufficient, and I think yeah. I think the cultural move is to just react against it, right? Mm-hmm. So because yeah, it's in, the opposite, because it's insufficient, yeah. it's therefore wrong, yep. and yeah. I, and yep. I'm going to rage against yep. the machine, right? And I think I think yeah. your that your story about. Uh, redeeming and including these parts of your evangelical low, ch- low church background, which is a lot of our listeners, yeah. Yeah. into a more robust, yeah. deeper, wider, thicker uh, practice, uh, spirituality yeah. and worship mm-hmm. is something that our uh, that all of us need yes. as a as a model. Totally. Yeah. Second grade is absolutely brilliant when you're seven. Right. <laughs> right. It's so good, yeah. and you can't skip it. Yeah. You, it's the only way to get to third grade. Yeah. Um, but if your teacher tries to convince you that second grade is the whole story, right? It's really dangerous. Yeah. Or it's all and downhill so after to, this. Grade. To, <laughs> you know? Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So how do we honor each of these stages and each of these streams mm. um, without making them the ending point? Yeah. Um, it, it's it's it takes a lot of discernment, humility, <laughs> trial and error. Yeah. Um, Yep. There are things I'm still a little mm. I'm I'm holding on to but not but I don't think will for long. Yes. And there's other things that in my rush to change I threw away that I'm actually going back and kind of mining for because yeah. I realized that's I started doing recently a quiet time again. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Like tell us more time. tell us more about this. I've heard of these. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I grew tried up, with, that, I was tried the, that once. That yeah. was the only thing. Yes. Yeah, right, right, yeah. right. That was the only thing. You either did a quiet time or you were backsliding. Or you were pagan. Like those were your, mm-hmm. your yeah. two options. Yeah. Or you're pagan. And, you know, being in these ecumenical streams, now I'm learning all these different practices and all these kinds of things, and mm-hmm. I'm trying to incorporate them too. But recently, I've just been getting back into, um, I read the lectionary readings from this day, mm-hmm. and I do some journaling and prayer about it. And it's been really meaningful. Yeah. Well, so maybe I'm, <laughs> yeah. it's full circle. I don't That's know. That's right. That's amazing. Know. That's amazing. Yep. I, you're naming two, mm-hmm. um, this might be a whole different conversation. You're naming a different way of believing than, uh, than I think uh-huh. a, a lot of us grew up in. So I think... I think the first 15, 20 years of my Christian spirituality, it was about getting everything right, nailing down all oh, the questions, sure. right? Making sure right. I'm in the right tribe, camp, position, place, side. Right. Mm-hmm. And what you're describing right. is, um, I, like, I'm, in, I'm living faithfully today, I'm incorporating what I've learned, but tomorrow God may teach me something different, and I need to be supple and adaptable to that. Absolutely. And that's just yes. a, that's a different way of holding faith, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, if it's fundamentally a relationship, not just fundamentally a dogma. I mean, mm-hmm. that really I mean, my wife has changed me dramatically 
in the last 17 years mm -hmm. because we're in an actual relationship. Of course she has. And I have with her. Um, yeah. But yeah. So that's yep. great, man. This is so in encouraging. Yeah. And, and honestly inspiring to talk to you. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks, I thanks really for, enjoy this. Yeah, yeah, thanks for giving us your time. And um, I think maybe maybe um, if there's somebody listening who has who is like, you know, what is it, 2010? Aaron is just like, man, this isn't cutting it. <laughs> you know, I've got to I've got yeah. to figure out how to expand or deepen our worship or liturgical practice. Like, what are one or two or three other than getting the eternal current, which I think is an incredibly accessible, readable. No, it really oh, is. You. It really yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. What are like one or two or three like things that you could give maybe submit to people for next steps? Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you mentioned my book, but any book that takes you out of your streams. For me, I was too scared to go to the local uh, synagogue or the local parish or the local anything else. Um, but I could start reading hmm. and that was a little bit safer. So start reading. Um, I mean, read for the life of the world by Alexander yeah, Schmemann. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's literally a, it's a total paradigm shifter. You don't have mm -hmm. to go to an East, Eastern Orthodox church that Sunday, start with that book. So mm -hmm. start by reading, but then secondary, um, take a Catholic friend out to lunch hmm. and say, you know, I, I have a spiritual director who is a Jesuit priest. And I, one of the times we we're meeting, I said, Father Michael, what do you do every morning? <laughs> like, tell me, yeah. all I have is this quiet time thing. What yeah. do you do? Yeah. And he went on and just shared a number of different practices and just light bulbs went off. Like, mm. oh, you can do that. Mm. Oh, you can do that. You know, so um, get shoulder to shoulder and across a table with people who are walking with Christ, who are participating in what God is doing in a different way. Yep. Mm. Just ask questions and learn. You're not debating them. You're not trying yeah. to convince them of anything. You're trying to learn. Yeah. And then find. I think the third step is to find some spaces that feel safe to you, but also stretching to go worship with some different communities. Yeah. And some of it will be horrifying. <laughs> some of it will bore you to tears mm -hmm. and some of it will open up new spaces yeah. that you're like, I can't believe this is part of our, our tradition too. Mm -hmm. yeah. So Dude, yeah, I love it. I, I like ask for like quick fixes, things uh -huh. to do. And, and Aaron's like, just listen to people. Yeah, and, and appreciate and, yeah. <laughs> appreciate their spirituality. And see what happens. Yeah, this is great. And if all else yeah. fails, uh, try doing a Curie Elysion in a minor key. And just see what that stirs up. <laughs> great. Right? Yeah. yeah go, okay. go to a seeker service yep. and do and a just minor like key. drop it, uh, drop it on. Yep. Yep. Uh, yep. Yeah, well, that'll work. <laughs> yeah. It just. I'll, I'll close with this. It occurred to me, Aaron, uh, as you were talking. Yeah. Uh, the Ancient Future Faith series by Robert Weber. Did you? Were you oh, familiar yeah. with any Absolutely. of those books? I, I, he was I, thirty years ahead on all of this stuff. Yes, yeah. but I think I think yep. your honestly, this book, The Eternal Current, is like is like a. Um, it's weird to say modern day because that was twenty years ago, but I really feel like it does the yeah. same work hmm. in a in a oh, much yeah. wow. in a much more I think accessible. And you know, Bob didn't really tell his story as much in his books, but you okay. you weave yeah, right, you right. weave the construction of the practice with your story and what you were learning, hmm. and it's. It just puts the cookies on a shelf that we can, yeah. you know. Oh, that's man. Great. Thank you. So pick up the book. I was joking with my wife. Go ahead. I was. I hope this book is a gateway drug for people. Yeah. 
Like yeah. it doesn't go into the super depths in any of the, the sections, but like it talks a little about centering prayer. Mm-hmm. Well, I hope anyone who that, that it connects with says, all right, yeah. I'm going to read Father Keating, you know, yeah. and yeah, yeah. I hope it's a, a gateway for people. That's yeah, great. yeah, yeah, yeah. So this, yeah, so I think, I think it's, I, I want to affirm, I think it's written to woo and help people appreciate huh. rather than to convince, argue, inform, right? Yeah. Oh, that's good. Man. And so it just stirs your heart. That's yeah. the right. That's the, that's a good posture. Thanks yeah. for saying that. Yeah. Yeah. Aaron, Aaron is there, uh, how else can people connect with you if they, if they want to reach out and connect? Yeah, the, the usual ways, Twitter, Aaron Neek, I think, A-A-R-O-N-I-E-Q. We'll, we'll put a link um, in the show Insta. Okay. And then my website is AaronNequist.com, okay. and that has all the information, a new liturgy and all that business. Great. So Great. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll put those links in the show Great notes Great talking as well. to you guys. God's blessings yeah. Yeah. in New York City, brother. Yeah, man. Enjoy. Same to you. journey. Get some sleep, too. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Thanks. See you. Peace. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Gravity Leadership Podcast. If you enjoy learning from this podcast, please be sure to show your support by rating, reviewing, and subscribing on iTunes. Be sure to share with your friends on social media too. And we would love to hear from you. So please email us at podcast at gravityleadership.com. You can join our online community for free at gravityleadership.com slash join. You'll get our latest content delivered straight to your inbox, as well as an email most Fridays with curated links to articles we found interesting or helpful. To join us, go to gravityleadership.com slash join. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details.